Thank you so much for such an incredibly informative and practical lecture. I know over the course of your career, you've worked with a number of sexual violence survivors in healthcare settings, and I was wondering if you could share some of the ways in which you've seen a history of sexual violence and healthcare intersect. You know, a couple of instances come to mind when you bring that up. One of the first instances was a gentleman who, when I met him, had an ostomy, right, had a stoma. And as he relayed to me the circumstances under which it happened, uh, it made it clear that he'd not really felt like he had any sort of control or say. Uh, he actually said to me, he's like, you know, Doc, if someone had really offered me a choice, I wouldn't do it. Because so I inquired, I was like, well, why would you, right. you know, what makes that so? And he said that the stoma, right? He's like, well, just another, you know, hole that, you know, he had to protect that was, you know, that left him vulnerable. Oh. So that's one of the, you know, really sort of standout examples of how the process itself was not one where he felt that he had control, and the outcome was one where he was left feeling more threatened and vulnerable. Right, so this was another entry point into his body that somebody could violate. Right, right. He's like, here's one more thing I need to you know, protect one more, you know, point of vulnerability. And I think that's such a good lesson for trainees that like that's just, again, there's so many procedures that you don't think about. And then all of a sudden when you put it together, it makes so much sense and is so heartbreaking. And that's why it's so important to ask the question. And if he had been asked and it had been explained to him, he might have been able to say why that would be so hard to live with. Absolutely, right? That just ask, really communicate. The other thing is sometimes very simple things, straightforward things, colonoscopies. Right. Right? So it's like, yes, I prep for my colonoscopy, you know, and then I go under and, you know, have my procedure. Right. But for someone who's experienced sexual violence, right, that's the equivalent of, oh, yeah, you give me a roofie and then you violate me. Right. right? So our histories, our experience really does impact you know, how, how, how our present is right. and how things are received and what they remind us of and where they take us back to. And so there's nothing that we can just assume is a standard screening or a standard procedure. Right. Everybody is an individual with their own individual history. And I think you had mentioned to me when we were talking earlier something also about how even IVs can be threatening for people. Absolutely, absolutely. Particularly in cancer care, oftentimes people have a port, right. that sort of thing, right? And so imagine your in your recliner, you know, in your treatment, that sort of thing. Right. And someone comes, they hang some bag, and now something's running into you. You don't know what that is, right? right? What do they give it? You know, what's that going to do? Is it going to alter my, you know, state of consciousness, and then I'll be vulnerable, or is it going to do something to me? Any sort of situation where something is being done to them, right? Let a person know. Right, let a person choose. Right, because we'll never know without asking where there may be perceived threat or danger. So I know you explained the steps of task-specific inquiry earlier, but I thought it would be really helpful if we could demonstrate it. Would that be okay? Sure. Okay, so let's imagine that I tell you, you know, I really need to get my eyes checked, but I get so uncomfortable when you have to lean into that lens machine thing with your chin on the chin rest, then the doctor leans their face really close into yours to look into your eyes. That just feels really uncomfortable for me. So sounds like it feels too close and maybe even a little creepy? Definitely, yeah. So 
can we take a minute for you to help me understand your discomfort even more so that then we can find some potential options to lessen that? Yeah, that would be great. Okay. So which parts of what you mentioned are most upsetting? Is it the chin rest part, like having to hold still in that contraption? Is it about what you can or can't see or particular sounds or smells or any sensation you feel? No, not, not really. It just feels too close, too intimate and just too much in my space. I don't really like anybody that close to me, especially a man. So the part that feels the ickiest is having a man that close to you. So let's think together about how we can help you get the eye exam you need in the way that's most comfortable for you. So first off, would you like me to see if any of our female eye doctors are available soon to make sure you see one of them? If that could be worked out, I would be a lot more comfortable. All right. Let me see if there are any females available who can conduct the exam. I won't make any promises except to say that I'll try. If there's not a female available until another day, would you like to skip that part of the exam today and reschedule that for later with a female provider? Yeah, that would be great. I mean, some of it, you know, reading the eye chart, I, I can do that, but it's just, yeah, that, that Okay, <laughs> gotcha. What else can I do to help? Well, it's also better if they talk through the exam. So sometimes it's just really quiet in there and then it's more uncomfortable for me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're thinking. So. If they could just tell me what they're doing, what are they looking for, what are they seeing, um, that, that just feels a lot more comfortable than just staring into my eyes. I'll definitely pass that one on as well, all right? So let me review. Female provider yep. and to talk through the procedure, right? Let you know what's happening, not just dead silence. Yes, all those right. would make a big difference. It would make it a lot more comfortable. Great. So with this plan in place, do you think you'd be comfortable enough to go ahead? Yes, I think with that, I think I would definitely be willing to give it a try. Great. And I'll try and make sure that this information gets passed on and included in your chart. So that way, everyone will know when they're interacting with you with these eye exams. Thank you so much for doing that demonstration with me. I'm wondering if you could explain to trainees a little part about kind of what you built in there where you were asking me which part of the exam was difficult for me, and it was actually none of the ones you suggested, and talk about kind of why you wanted to do that and what your thinking was. So that's so important for trainees to get and clinicians to understand. If they remember, if they wind back, they'll see that I listed a whole bunch of things. Is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? It turned out to be none of those right. things. Right, but guess how I found that out? You told me, all right? And one of the ways that it sort of works most times is, and when I say most, I think 99 times out of 100, <laughs> is that by asking, right? And by making it clear that I'm asking because I really do want to know, then people will give you the answer. You can be wrong. This is one of the sort of circumstances in healthcare where there's not one right answer. All right, and that you as the provider are not expected to be the know-all of the thing. They know, they know them, they know their lives, right? You ask and when they realize, oh, she really does wanna know because she's saying, is it this, is it this, is it this? I'll tell her, it's just that they're too close. And so I think it's a relief actually to know you don't have to know what the problematic part of the procedure is and you don't have to know the right way to fix it. Sometimes the mistakes still open a door 
for the patient to collaborate with you. And that's really what we're talking about is a collaboration. What's most important is to really ask and convey that you want to know. So the next major technique you talked about is save the situation. And I thought maybe we could demonstrate that one as well. So for the purposes of this demonstration, let's imagine that I'm in the breast radiology clinic, waiting in the changing room to be taken in for my mammogram. So I just wanted to let you know that there's gonna be a little more of a wait today, okay? Are you kidding me? You had me change into a gown over two hours ago. I've been sitting in this tiny little changing room since then, in this gown, without my clothes on. It's hot in here, it's claustrophobic. What kind of place are you running? I mean, how can you put all these patients through this? A mammogram takes like five minutes. There is no reason the wait time should be this long. You know what? You're right. I am truly sorry that today's appointment and your experience today has not gone well. So one of the things that you mentioned was being stuck in this room. Yes. So why don't we take a moment and step out into a bigger space? And you also mentioned this gown. Would you like to put your own clothes on? Yes. If okay. I'm going to be kept waiting here, that would be a lot more comfortable. Okay. So again, I said, I'm sorry that this hasn't gone well. It sounds like it's been downright awful and I can see how angry you are. I'm sure you can understand. Yes, I hate being kept waiting myself, right? So I completely understand. I don't wanna add insult to injury. So get your clothes on and then we're gonna figure out what we can do, right? And we'll discuss this further, okay? I, I appreciate your understanding. So would you prefer to wait today to get your mammogram, or do you want us to reschedule you for another day? You know what, I've already kind of wasted this whole day, so if you could just get me in and out of here, that would be great because otherwise I have to take off work again and it just turns into a mess. Okay, so we'll have you wait in the main waiting area with your clothes on, all right? Do you want me to see if I can get you an estimated wait time? So that way you'll have a sense of how much longer? That would be great. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for doing that with me. And um, obviously there's four parts of the save technique. And I'm wondering if you could talk through how each of those were demonstrated in the role play we just did. So first there's S, which is stop. Right. All right, so I'd gone into the room to tell them, you know, about their wait time, right? right? So I stopped, right? When they started to communicate with me, their feeling, right? right? to listen, right? And they expressed themselves. So the, a big part of this stop in this instance was, I stopped my talking, I stopped my agenda right. to hear the patient's agenda concerns. Okay, right? so, so that's, that's our S. So then appreciate. Right, so in this instance, right, I did my appreciate included an apology. And part of that, as alluded to you know, in the module, is that it conveyed that I appreciate that things have gone pretty crappy today for you from what you've described to me. And then reflected for them the emotion that you're angry and I can understand you're angry, right? I don't like waiting either, right? right? So there's appreciate. And right? so that's how appreciate kind of slides into validate in that you let me know you didn't think I was crazy. You didn't think I, or suggest at all that I was overreacting, that I was being dramatic, um, even if, 
inside you might have thought I was, but you let me know, you know, you appreciated that you could see how angry I was and you validated that nobody likes waiting. Right. And that you could understand how uncomfortable this was for me. Correct. And I think those two kind of, even though flow into each steps, other. they flow into yes. each other. Yes. And then the E, of course, is explore. So talk about how we did that together. Right. So you had mentioned, right, as the, the patient in the role right. play, that it was a claustrophobic room. Right. It was flimsy gown. Right. It was a long time waiting. Right. Right. And so in the exploring, we're saying, well, here are these specific things that you've said really were, you know, part of a bum experience. Right. right? So let's explore ways to change this up, make it better for you, all right? So let's get out of the tiny room, right? right? Let's let you put your clothes on, right? Let's figure out how much time, how much wait time is left. And so do you wanna try another day? And you know, even though this was a demonstration, I don't know if you could feel it, but I really did feel calmer and more heard by the end. And I think that's what's so important again is that you didn't magically solve the problem. You didn't promise I would be the next one to be seen. Um, and I think for our trainees listening who aren't mental health providers, nothing you did there was psychotherapy or anything super psychological. Right, don't need a mental health license to do right. any of this, right, a, exactly. A lot of this was really sort of customer service when you when you put it that way and, and just basic patient-centered care. Exactly, and one of the things you pointed out that once I responded in a way that says, you know, you're right, this has been you know, kind of messed up for you yeah. today. Your response was, I know you can't fix everything, yes, right? right? So that once, you know, a person's grievance is acknowledged, right? right? That's oftentimes a large part of it. So that appreciate and validate is a large part of what the person wants. It's like, I just want somebody to hear me when I say, it. I've been locked in here, you know, for two hours naked. And I, <laughs> I mean, fair. And I think you can't really explore next steps until the person has, has been heard. And, and so there's a reason it has to go in that order because even if you came up with the best set of suggestions in the world, until I feel heard, I'm not in any place to open up or brainstorm or be able to collaborate with you. Right, right. Because how am I going to feel really respected unless I am heard? Thank you for sharing all of those words of wisdom. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.